Welcome back to Warrior Talk, the voice of Little Rock Christian Academy, a.k.a. Warriorville. This is Gary Arnold, your head of school and your host. As you know, every week or so, we want to grab about 10 minutes of your time to talk about things that matter to you regarding school, education, parenting, or building community in the grace and truth of Jesus. For the next couple of weeks, I'd like to zero in on this mystery and sometimes very sad mystery of how children of Christian families can drift away from their faith or choose not to own their faith, the faith of their parents. If you're a parent, it gnaws at you when you go through that season of rebellion, but it gnaws at you even more when your kids just decide the faith isn't for them. Now, we all know the stories and can just rejoice in the fact that sometimes that's just short-term, mid-term, and in the end, things turn around and resolve themselves back to a point of belief again. But we also know of the cases where there just hasn't had a happy ending. I don't want to get too deep into that thicket because there's some things that we need to talk about first. And that brings us to this podcast and the next. Today, I'd like to look at some Barna research and some findings that help explain what's going on, what could go wrong. And then in the next podcast, interview uh, a couple of graduates of our school that could give us some tips and hints from their experience in family and beyond family that we can adopt to increase our chances of our children's faith persistence or our children choosing to remain in the faith because they believe. So let's get going. A new Barna survey, actually it's not brand new, it's one year old. But to tell you the truth, with 2020 the way it's gone, it's fresh. I want to share some light on why some Christian children are losing their faith in modern day America. A poll went out to a thousand American adults. Various questions were asked relating to parenting and how to best raise the next generation. And tragically, the survey highlighted one disturbing fact. When it comes to parenting, there is little difference between Christians and unbelievers. Now, I think the poll went to uh, 1,000 adults, 707 parents, including 366 self-identified born-again Christians. So the owner of the poll uh, was pretty blunt when he said this, quote, you might expect that parents who are born-again Christians would take a different approach to raising their children than did parents who have not committed their life to Christ. But that was rarely the case. Ouch. Barna's findings paint a bleak picture. 20% of parents identified instilling a set of religious beliefs as an important part of raising children. Okay, read that the other way. 80% of parents didn't identify instilling a set of religious beliefs as an important part of raising children. Well, right there, that's a pretty big starting block for drifting in the wrong direction. 40% of parents ranked a good education as a more desired goal for their children than having a meaningful relationship with Jesus. Only 4% identified prayer as an integral part of parenting, and only 3 out of 10 born-again parents included salvation of their children in the list of critical parental emphases. I just have to take a moment to pause to absorb all that. It just confounds me that that would be true. But it's what the data is telling us. So it seems from this research that parents have immersed 
their children more in the values of popular culture than in the values of Christianity. Barna goes on to note that bribing children into coming to church one Sunday out of each month is not enough. Depending on the church to take the place of parental spiritual teaching is not enough. Expecting a public school to teach your children anything other than relativistic humanism is not enough. Sticking them in a church youth group or shipping them off to a Christian private school is not enough. And even regulating their media intake is not enough. So why is that? Well, because God doesn't promise salvation or life change through grudging obedience, but through a meaningful relationship with Jesus. That's the greatest gift parents can give to their child. So in our postmodern, post-Christian age of fractured families and disintegrating familial relationships, it's not just the best hope for real change. It's the only hope. So let's, let's even get a little bit more specific, shall we? I quote Barna again. Recent studies we have conducted show that the beliefs a person holds at age 13 very little during their adult years. The most effective way to influence such beliefs is by teaching people when they're young and still in a spiritually formative stage. Adults essentially carry out the beliefs they embraced when they were young. The reason why Christians are so similar in their attitudes, values, and lifestyles to non-Christians is that they were not sufficiently challenged to think and behave differently, I mean radically differently, based on core spiritual perspectives when they were kids. A person's lifelong behaviors and views are generally developed when they're young, particularly before they reach the teenage years, unquote. So Barna goes on and provides research that uh, shows four critical outcomes. One, a person's moral foundations are generally in place by the time they reach, guess what age? Nine. While those foundations are refined and the application of those foundations may shift to some degree as the individual ages, their fundamental perspectives on truth or integrity or justice or morality and ethics are formed quite early in life. After their first decade, most people simply refine their views as they age without a holistic change in those leadings. Well, that's a mouthful, but it's striking that we could pinpoint it to such a degree of age nine. Number two, a majority of Americans make a lasting determination about the personal significance of Jesus's death and resurrection by guess what age? 12, what old school used to call the age of accountability. Three, in most cases, people's spiritual beliefs are irrevocably formed when they're preteens. And four, in essence, what you believe by the time you're 13 is what you will die believing. Let me say that again. In essence, what you believe by the time you are 13 is what you will die believing. Of course, there are many individuals who go through life-changing experience in which their beliefs are altered or instances in which a concentrated body of religious teaching changes one or more core beliefs. However, according to Barna, most people's minds are made up and they believe they know what they need to know spiritually by age 13. Now, one last factoid here, citing research showing that a large proportion of church-going people drop out of church between the ages of 18 and 24. The percentage of teens who are born again but also believe in the accuracy of the Bible and salvation by grace and possess orthodox biblical views of God have declined from 10% in 1995 to just 4% today. This demise is attributable to growing numbers of teenagers who accept moral relativism and pluralistic theology as their faith foundations. I think that's the biggest thing that we encounter here 
here at Little Rock Christian, especially with kids who transfer in, is this relative easy acceptance of moral relativism. And unexpected to me, but now more and more obvious to me, is an acceptance of pluralistic theology, the many paths motif, rather than the singularity of salvation through Jesus by grace. So, you know, when I was uh, leading schools in a more urban context years ago, I would observe the conservative Jews or the Orthodox Jews and their schools and look at their graduates, look at their kids and say, wow, how is it that they cleave to their faith more tenaciously than the kids in the Protestant church, especially, and sometimes the Catholic church? What was the difference? It boiled down to one thing. And that is parenting, parenting vis-a-vis the culture. I mean, in the Jewish schools, it was clearly a Jewish culture, not just the American or secularized culture. And it started early. It started when the kids were young. It was built in to just be the reason for being. And we've become a lot more tentative, a lot more casual and One could say that the Christian church or Christian families, particularly in the 21st century, have become a lot more casual about their culture, a lot more casual about training kids to stand out as different and radically different. And therein, in my mind, is the answer to the question, why do Christian kids drift away from their faith? So next week, let's listen to a couple of our graduates share the experiences that they went through as they became adults and how they decided to hang on to their faith because it's true. All right, until then, go in peace and go Warriors. Warriors.